Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. As we were moving into some really wonderful things last night, there's a transition in this house that is going from, for, for a time, listen to how I'm saying this for this moment, a time from prophetic into the apostolic. There is a healing in your nation that is taking place in the voice of the prophetic. There is a change of the guard. It is the time and the season that the Lord is doing this. So there's, there's certain voices that are being left behind, not because God is against them. It's just the unwillingness to repent. It's to go the way that God wants to go. Are you listening to me, church? So I want you to know that, that that is happening. But God is emerging new, a new breed for this last day. Uh, as we come into the apostolic, there were some things said by the apostle. I kept coming here. Uh, I was on the plane, and I kept hearing the word five apostles, and I, st- I was counting. I said, Lord, I only know of four. But I realized that confession was made over you last night. There's a shift that has come to your nation as Pretoria is known for the seat of government. Uh, There's a verse, if we can go to uh, Matthew chapter 2. I wasn't sure if I was going to get to go this direction. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 real quick. And then I'm going to go right into 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. But to understand that, can can I walk around? It's, uh, it was everybody stayed up here. I wasn't sure if that was the protocol. I just I, I want to be obedient. I, I I'm I'm very submitted to authority. I believe in authority. Uh, Matthew six thirteen talks about for thine is the the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. The throne of God is where God exercises His authority. The when authority is exercised, it is known as power. But when power is manifested, it's known as glory. And when glory manifests, it is known, one of the ways is to reveal the beauty of the Lord. And so if we really want to know if we're walking into authority, under authority, because you can have no authority unless you're under authority, one of the first things I look for in a church is its beauty. Because this beauty is always an expression of glory. If there's glory, then there's power. If there's power, then there's authority. Just reverse the steps. And you'll find as we come from the altar, there is no difference in such. Because in Romans chapter 13, God is authority. There is no authority outside of God. are, are 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 you with me? King Saul, I say King Saul for a reason because I address him as he is to respect the authority of which God chose to place upon him. Just because a man disqualifies doesn't mean God's still not good. Are you listening? Don't discredit the truth because of the vessel.
where was I going? So I look for this. Uh, I may not get to it. But in, in Abraham's life, Abraham carried three things. He carried, he carried fire, he carried wood, and he carried a knife. These are three elements that are necessary for kings who change nations. Fire is presence. Only a king or a father can carry. But also wood, wood is order. Must have order and the knife is sacrifice. Must always have sacrifice in your life. But notice the proximity of Abraham and Isaac wherein it says in Genesis 22, 1, when God said unto Abraham, Abraham, he says, here am I. Here I am, Lord. And then Isaac in verse 8 says, my father, he goes, here I am. What does it mean? Proximity. Which means that Abraham was as close to his son as he was to God. Because when there's brokenness, brokenness creates a gap. Right? And if there's a gap, fire cannot be transferred because there is no connection. And where his connection is broken, there is perversion. Perversion always creates Saul's. Orders always creates David's. So the church, in general, but specifically for this area, you're in a shift of a season in the spirit. Your enemy knows this very well. So in Matthew chapter 2 is where I was going. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, say Amen. If you're not, it's okay. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, notice the K on the king is small. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. We have seen his star. It was a moving star. It led the, it led the wise men. Which means it could not have been a, a, a comet, if some had said, or a star that wandered. No. Because the star moved and it stopped and it hovered. What was it? The star in, in research of study of the ancient Hebrew will tell you it was the Holy Spirit. The same spirit in Genesis chapter 1 that hovered over the face of the earth. What was the difference? It was waiting for a voice. It was waiting for a voice. No difference in Genesis chapter 1. It hovered the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fire. It waits for a command. But it will not wait for a voice of abuse. It will wait for a voice that creates. Because altars are legal access points where we establish legality. We legislate. Matthew 16, 18, you're the ecclesia. So in here in Matthew chapter 2, can, can you help me stay on time, please? 
and it says the Luduke, then it says when Herod the king heard this he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him now we've known it from Christmas time which is we're coming into that season that there were three wise men there there's no such thing here it doesn't say there were three wise men and these wise men were known as if you look in the Greek is known as the Magi the Magi when they came in King Herod which his name in the Greek means hero he was not a hero he was a zero are you with me it says he was troubled and all of Jerusalem was troubled if there were three wise men why would why would a city and a king be afraid of three wise men coming in because it's not when when the magi came in the magis are known as kingmakers they were created in Daniel chapter 2 they were known as satraps they were known as magicians they were known as dream interpreters until Daniel came in Daniel had a different spirit in him he was extinct he was he was distinguished differently it was just something that we as a body need to grow in right now and Pretoria you have to grow in your distinguishment you just heard the message this morning right now about rising up because if if a son if a son is not taught heritage or taught history he will only abuse privilege so Abraham was as close to God as his son there was no gap are you listening the Magi were king makers Herod was not being a good king he was afraid he knew because a Magi can re can can take down a king and a Magi can put up a king they were trained by Daniel because they, the, the original magicians in this day, they actually were hunger for power. And so when they begin to pursue the power, they notice that Daniel's, that spirit that Daniel had in him, his deity was far greater and exceeded their own deity. The kings knew of his time of Nebuchadnezzar who established the, the, the Persian Empire. He recognized there was something in this man that was different in all of the men's. The, and so what began to happen is the source of his excellence, they attacked it. It was called prayer. They knew that if they could stop him from prayer, they could shut up the heavens and they would be equal in power. What separates you from a magician in your land? What separates you from a witch in your land and a sorcerer? It's a dedicated altar where there is sacrifice of intercession to the Lord God Most High, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because the Magi were saying, where is the King? The King is the capital letter, which means this King is not like all other Kings. This King is the King of all Kings and we come to meet Him. Why? Because we're going to take down this zero that you have. And we're going to put up the king in this place. That's why in Pretoria there is such a resistance. Because there is a removing of a king known as a prince that has been ruling in your area. And a new king is coming in. It is raising the apostolic to a whole new level. It is raising the prophetic to a whole new level. Why? Because he came with gold, gold springs of a king. The satraps in their day were magicians and sorcerers. 
You know what they were? They also were like the Levites because they came into their co to the command of leadership by generation, just like the Levites did. So when Daniel came into his place, they became jealous in chapter 6 of Daniel and said, we got to find a way to take this guy out because somehow he has stepped in the line. He's interrupted the flow of destruction that was planned from the beginning in that in Genesis chapter 3. It also means that in the, the spirit of Babylon in chapter 18 of Revelations, it's called the God of the gates. And right now because of the God of the gates in chapter 18, a, a revelation there was a negotiation that was being taken place between the different prince the harlot the bible says of confusion intoxication and many other unclean things it means that there's people in africa your nation right now is such a divide but god is going to break down the walls that has caused a division in your nation the reason I know this is because the Lord, he spoke into my heart and said that I have received the offerings of the, of the altar of this nation. I'm going to begin to receive. He says, tell them the Magi is coming. I'm going to raise the Magi back up again. You know who the Magi was? It was Jesus Christ. Jesus is a kingmaker according to Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 that he said he made you kings and priests unto God. This means that if you and I will come into our position of rulership, there's authority which God has placed in your command. There's authority which God has placed into your command. There is an authority that God has placed in your command. And that in Matthew chapter 16, he says, I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of the gods shall not prevail. Why is that? Because a king is one is known as a fountain of justice. One who pursues righteousness because God loves his people. Wherever the word of the king is, there is power. There is authority. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says that Solomon, that he comes to the altar to establish. And before he offers, he begins to put petitions before the Lord. And the word prayer means to plead. Going deeper, it means to plead. To plead means to put a petition to legislate legality in the earth. Chapter 7, verse 12 of Second Chronicles says that God says, I have heard your prayer. I have chosen this house. I have heard your prayer, and I will basically, I'm going to do what you say. That's where Second Chronicles 7, 14 comes in. What was he doing as a king? He was legislating. You and I are benefiting from that legislation to this day. The continuity of altars, it continues altars know no time it has no time nor place how do you know that jesus died on the ridge of moriah but today if you confess him as your lord you shall be saved 
You can read Smith Wigglesworth's book and tell, tells you about Jesus Christ or Kenneth Hagin, fathers in the faith today and mothers that are in heaven. If you read their book and you, you go to the back of the book, you do the sinner's prayer. Guess what? At the altar of Jesus Christ, you become saved. There is no time nor distance to an altar. I don't have to go to Jerusalem to get saved. I can get saved right here in this very spot. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and I'll get back to, I'm bouncing back and forth. But if you're there, say amen. Okay, I'm not. But it says a fire came down from heaven. Chapter 7, or 2 Chronicles 7, when we go to verse 1, and it says, And when Psalm had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house, the Lord's house. So the fire comes because a sacrifice was placed, and obviously it was placed in order, as that would uh, Abraham would do. And the Bible says that the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. And what, was re what remained was the glory. And sometimes this is where we miss it, is because we can have people at the altar and they're weeping, they're crying. I mean, the real deal is happening. But when you get, when you get up, there's, there's no ashes. There's, there's no ashes. It, but yet there's, there's another person here and there's ashes. What does that mean? It means that the fire came down and it was looking for a sacrifice and it couldn't find one. It didn't find the sacrifice. But then there's ashes. The ashes is the Lord received what you offered him. And it came and it burned it out. As we said earlier, that part of the offering, when Abraham offered his son Isaac, it was a burnt offering. It, it wasn't a sacrifice of humanity or a human sacrifice. God's not into human sacrifice. It was a gift offering to the Lord. And ever, obviously, I saw it out here today, whenever you're cooking something, it burns and there's smoke that arises. Right? There's, there's a rise. See, there's, there's something coming from you when you're worshiping the Lord, the incense of the Lord. But when I offer the sacrifice, something's coming up. But there's also times, too, because there's healing coming to this house. There's healing coming to this land. Tremendous healing. Because the Bible, there's a reason why many of your churches are dying in this area. Because their altars, they're closed. The heavens are closed. Because they're in unforgiveness and they have ought against one another. Jesus said, lay your gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother. Your altar is closed. Your sacrifice won't be received. But not only that, your prayer, your incense won't be received. Heaven's closed over you because there's unforgiveness in your life. And so the Lord comes. As he did with Abram, as he did with Solomon, the fire comes down, it burns, there's ashes remaining, 
but when the ashes are there, the person gets up, there's transformation in their life. See, the sacrifice doesn't start when the music starts. The sacrifice doesn't start on the third song. The sacrifice doesn't start when they finally sing your favorite worship song. Your sacrifice started the moment your eyes opened that day. When you said Romans chapter 12 verse 1, what does it say? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice. But there's a second meaning of this word sacrifice. It's called a victim. The altars has a lot of victims, but not a lot of sacrifice. I see this in the body of Christ today. There's a lot of victims. There's a lot of victims. There's a lot of victims. But when the glory comes, the fire comes, it burns out the sacrifice, but it also burns out the things that you don't like. God doesn't want you just to offer the things that you like. He wants you to offer the things you don't like. God, I don't like when I think that way. I don't like when I yell at my wife, right? God, I don't like some things about this church. I don't like some things about my neighbor. I don't like some things about my brother. God, I don't like this. But could you burn this out of me? God, could you take this from me as well? See, that's a heart that is surrendered right there to the Lord. Say, take it all. Because when God shows up, he doesn't want to just deal with one area of your life. He's a jealous God. He wants the whole offering. He wants to burn it all up that only his glory remains. Glory is the, is the evidence of true transformation. Glory is not the evidence that you're sorry. Glory is the evidence that you died, that you sacrificed, you slayed yourself, you died to yourself. You became the offering unto the Lord. Before the song ever started, there were, you were already on fire coming into the sanctuary. There was already smoke rising from your life. And by the time you got in, God couldn't wait to touch you. God couldn't wait to touch this church. God couldn't wait to touch this land. God says to Abraham, he says, here am I. He says, take the son of your love. Abraham was known as the friend of God. The friend of God, and the word friend means affectionate intimacy of a friend towards someone. But in James and in Corinthians, there's also the friend of the world. Whose friend are you? Because see here, a friend, the word friend in the world means to fund, to be fond of, to fondle, without responsibility, commitment, or covenant. No covenant. I can play with the world. They, the world doesn't want anything from me. I don't want anything from it. But that's exactly what the, the devil wants from us. Because it paralyzes us. There's no true sacrifice. If there's no sacrifice, there's no glory. If there's no glory, there's no transformation. If there's no transformation, there's no glory. 
The weight of the glory is what transforms the land because God inhabits the praises of his people. Your body is the temple of God. The Bible says that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. That means that you are an embassy. If you are an embassy, that means the kingdom of God is right here in my midst. It's only one hand away. There's an ambassador inside that embassy that needs to start being a good diplomat. You need to start releasing the heaven that's inside of you. There's glory that's inside of you. Stop waiting on the collective church and be the church. Be church and start releasing the kingdom of God. Why? Because the Magi has come. It's time to stop negotiating with the spirit of Babylon. The church, you know why it's confused? Because it's not wanting to die. Therefore, it's going to that harlot spirit and says, I'll compromise if you will grow my church. I will compromise if you will make me famous. Because the spirit of Babylon, it also has an anointing. Because it sells oil. It sells incense. If you make me a very popular worship singer, I will give you all everything that you wanted from me. And because we lack discernment, we let them in on our stages. And because altars, we have an association. What's inside of them is released at your altar. When the world comes in, it only inspires them and beholds them to remain the same. There's no conviction. When I got saved, I, sa I got saved in a car garage. You know what? Save me, the Holy Spirit came upon my life. As a teenage alcoholic, saved me from killing myself. It was because there was an old man. He didn't have much, but he had an altar. And from that altar, the glory that was in his life it just began to fall into that place and it touched my life and brought instant deliverance to my life. I heard John 14, 12, these signs that you see greater shall you do if you follow me. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I'd been kicked out of churches before that. But somebody had an altar that had more power than the power that possessed me. We waste a lot of time reading books on how to get more anointed when all you got to do is just die. And yes, read books, but die first. <laughs> die first. Give yourself as an offering to the Lord. Abraham, also my pay. Fifteen minutes, we'll get to land. Something tremendous. When when Abraham, in Genesis twenty-two. In Genesis, when when in in, in chapter twenty-two. In verse fourteen. Genesis 22, 14, if you're there, say amen. And 
actually I'm going to go to verse 8 and it says uh, when Abraham said he said uh, verse 7 but Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father and he said here I am my son then he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering Abraham said my son God will provide and this word provide means Jehovah Roe which means the shepherd who provides vision as you are ministering on that it reminds me many Christians cannot see they cry out for a revelation but only a dead man can see as Abraham taught his son only a dead man can carry fire how long must I carry the wood when you decide to die and live a life of order then you can carry fire until then remain a son because you're not ready to be a father you're not ready to be a patriarch you can't win a nation yet because there's things in him and the Bible says Abraham knew him as Jehovah Rohe when the Bible says God came to test him it wasn't to bring him to evil because James God tests no man God can't be tempted with nor does he tempt man with evil but he's testing what was he doing he was bringing Abraham the good that was in him out of him altars will always bring the good out of you it's what it is to bring the good out of you the thing that God put inside of you it can't come until there's a test so you know what's inside of you when the Spirit of God the man of God said last night when God breathes into you everything that you need was already there you just don't know what is there It's one thing to know who God says you are and it's another thing when the devil questions who you are test is never to question your identity tests are always there to confirm your identity so he says God will provide Jehovah Rohi the God the shepherd who provides vision it means to gaze into a supernaturally into a realm of supply and of substitute Abraham declared to his son you're going to see something you've never seen God had marked this day of history that lamb was already in the thicket how come they couldn't see it they couldn't see it for Abraham's sake it was for Isaac why generation to generation if we don't build transgenerationally the devil's gonna build transgenderism and then I'll, I'll close with this it's and Abraham he raises his knife in a Genesis are you still in Genesis? I'll finish. And they came to the place, 
And Abraham, he built the altar here and he placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, so he said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on him, the lad, or do anything to him. Now I know that now, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son. And the word now I know means, he says, Apostle Howard, he says, now I know. I have experienced in walking with you. I have experienced walking. You see, when we walk with God, we, want no t- we don't want tests. You can't walk with God and not have tests. Because God doesn't walk in easy places. Right? You want to walk across the Red Sea? Isn't it? I don't know how far it is from here, but I mean, I, I, that would blow my mind. He goes, but now I know. Since walking with you, I have experienced that you fear me more than your reputation. You fear me more than your family. You fear me more than your career. You fear me more than your ministry. You fear me more. You fear me more. That means Abraham, through his, the word revere means to throw yourself, thronging yourself at the feet and complete acknowledge that you are all. There is no other. And he says, and now I have sworn, as it gets going further, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and looked to the ram and offered it to the burnt offering. He said, and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. As it is said this day, in the Mount of Moriah, it shall be provided. Then the angel Lord called Abraham a second time. He said, by myself, I have sworn. The word sworn means the word, the number seven. It means complete. Beth Sheba means, uh, or, uh, I have to read the, the, the last part of that from the city that he was from. Uh, c- can you help me with that real quick? What was the last word on that? Let me get to it. Because now what we see here is because he did this, uh, that he came to his back to his city where he had come from, and his city name was Beersheba. Beersheba means seven wells. Seven wells and the number seven come together. Abraham's breakthrough broke his city through because the word sworn means seven. Therefore, what it means that God declared seven times in blessing, I will bless you. 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 In blessing, I will bless seven times. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. God didn't call that place Jehovah Jireh. Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. Abraham's soul walked with God. Like in in the book of Genesis, when when God brought the animals to him, God brings to Abraham to a place. God says, whatever you call it, I will honor it. I'm going to let you give me a name, Abraham. What would you like to call me? 
and God and Abraham called the Lord has provided because why in the word provision this is really really interesting to me because in part of the word provide means the Lord will see to it God will take care that everything shall be done necessary for the comfort and the support of them who trust him which means God's eyes affects his heart the once he sees his heart is ever ready to supply which means God will not deny his heart And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. It was a declaration from the time of beginning to the time of end that Abraham says, not only will the Lord provide, but the Lord will be seen in this place for generations. And you know who came to that very place? The King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, was crucified on the, on the, the rim of Moriah. He's the provision of the Lord. God showed Abraham Jesus Christ at this time of his life. Where did this come from? It comes from an altar. It comes from an altar. But the altar will require the very thing you love. Not just any offering, the very thing you love. And when you're there, the glory, the glory, the fire comes, sacrifice, fire, then glory sacrifice fire then glory in the chairs as preachers or pastors or fivefold we expect there to be mess in the chairs but I expect ashes to be at the altar and then afterwards I expect glory to remain which sweep up your ashes don't glorify the ashes walk in the glory of transformation now in your life that's the transformation that God wants to bring us into is into his glory because you've been restored to glory, right? You were created to walk in glory. Are you listening, church? So in closing, I saw that there was a change, the seat of government in this, in this region, this territory. I began to pray over that and last night as we began to go into some resistance, is we went into prophetic, but God says going to the apostolic. And when you go into the apostolic moment, we shift that thing shifted into this house, but that doesn't just mean me. It means everyone in this room has shifted into your life into a new time of apostolic because God is going to begin to depose of whatever kings that have been in this land. And they are little kings because the big king has now come, Jesus Christ. The king of kings and the Lord of lords has come. And as he comes, he's raising up the princes because the princes, the, 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 the priests of the enemy, his witches, his sorcerers, and everything he has, they're competing. Now listen to me, church, real, real close. Listen, please. The enemy sees this transition of power. He sees this. He's going to try to seize the economy. But if you as a church will rise up, you will bankrupt the devil. You will build cities. Because that's the authority that's been given to you. There was also a widow woman 
And she, let me find the verse I was looking at. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. So the prophet Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Uh, what's the time? Uh, okay. This, this is a prophet. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Every one of you minimally have a jar of oil. Every one of you. Every one of us have a jar of oil. Every one of us. But every jar should take on the character of the oil of which it carries. On the economic side, every one of us have a jar of oil of wherever you might be, but there needs to be a change. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and set aside all the full ones. We cannot live independently one of another. We must live codependent on each, on each other. But what is he saying? There are new businesses coming to this city. Every one of us in this room, we have a jar of oil. Every one of us. But, but the Lord says, now go borrow. Go borrow. Go borrow. Go look for that which isn't yours yet because it's yours already. There's business people that God wants to raise up. There's empty jars that he wants to fill. What does that mean? There's marketplaces that he wants to seize. There's, there's businesses that have not even yet been, been activated yet because the Lord has preserved this for his bride, for his, for his priest, for his kings, if you will. Are you listening to me here? And, and one of the things that I, I really felt led this morning, Apostle, is this, this offering that can, that's going to be taken this morning, uh, we, we hear it say it a lot, but I, I really mean this because I, 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 don't, I don't take, I don't play with offering, I don't do with that. I, I will never mess with the people of God. But I heard the Lord say, I'm going to bring a big breakthrough for them. I'm going to open their eyes to see the opportunities that they couldn't see because I have a substitute for them. And it isn't until we activate an altar of provision. You have to get like Abraham began to say is, we've come, we bring the wood, we've brought the fire, and we say, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said the same thing in church. Uh, as the man of God said earlier, we got to change our mind, our confession in saying, Jehovah Rohe, he is the God who sees. And the moment I begin to declare, release those words, the reflection of what God is saying in the spirit into the earth, all of a sudden it opens my eyes so I begin to see the substitute that God has prepared. You can't see the business yet, but it's there. It's there. 
God has that ram for you. But it's in the thickets. Why? He's preserving it. He's keeping it in a place where not even the enemy can see it. But it's going to start to get exposed because there's new technology. The Bible said that Jesus was a master carpenter. It also said that Joseph was a master carpenter. Jesus was not a poor carpenter. Because the word carpenter means technology. Mary was not a poor girl. Her father was a businessman. In their culture, you could not take a daughter and give her a less financial life than the, than the father. If that be the case, Jesus could not, or, or Mary could not marry Joseph, right? Because Joseph would have been a poor man. In fact, Joseph was building cities. Joseph had work crews for him. He was a contractor. Mary's father, he, he was part of the, the, the Sanhedrin. He was part of the Pharisees. He worked in the libraries. He's the one that kept the annals of, of the logs. He read it. He taught his, his daughter the things of faith. That's when, when God walked into Mary. She said, you're going to have a son. How can this be since I don't know a man? And he said, this is how it's going to happen. She said, then beat unto me because her father taught her faith. You always trust God. You always walk with God. Joseph was building things in the spirit that was not even there. That's why he was sought after. Joseph didn't live in Nazareth. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? We showed these pictures that Jesus is building tables. That's part of it. But he was building, he was building big technology of, 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 of art and sound and science and medicine. He was a master. He was building buildings of all kinds of unique designs that were not even known yet to man. Why? Jehovah. My God will provide. Jesus was seeing things in the spirit. He was taught that the skill from Joseph Jesus had to learn to submit to honor. There, there are jars waiting for you. You have an offering this morning is going to unlock. I don't care how much oil you have. You have an oil. You have a jar of oil that you need to give this morning. I'm not going to tell you what to give. The apostle didn't put me up to this. This has been in my spirit since last night. Why? Because you're in a shift. You're in a transition. You're in a new time, a new season, a new land. You haven't sown here before. You haven't sown here before. No, I know you've sown in conferences. I know if you go to this church, you have sown. But you haven't sown in this season. You haven't sown in this time. You're going to release buildings that's going to release harvest in your life. There's, there's hungry of young people that are waiting for Jesus Christ. I know in this nation, I've seen it several times. When I was in Mexico, I saw it at a congresso. I saw, it. I saw sons that were dancing with a new song that was coming from Africa. There's a new sound, a new technology that they say that is coming from this, this, this nation. This nation. God is going to redeem this nation. God is going to vindicate this nation. God is going to vindicate this nation. It's not going to. He's already started, but he's waiting for a people that he can take that jar upon and say, God, anoint me for this time in this season. say apostle what do you get out of this I get nothing except obedience I go home either way
but you better but I better when I go you better you better you better be coming to a very wealthy people I came to wash your feet I'm here to wash your feet I'm here to wash your feet I'm here to wash your feet why I wash Jesus's feet he washed my feet now I wash your feet you take this word you build your offer your altar you become that sacrifice you let the fire come so it can burn it out that the glory will remain glory is the manifestation of God's presence little presence little influence it's time for you to carry the kingly glory so you will start to influence kings of your nation it's time for the magi to arise it's time for you to arise to start removing kings because you're king makers at the same time there's generations waiting they're out there they're kings they don't even know it you're to make them kings you're to make your neighbor a king but this morning or this afternoon or whatever time it is I'm in a different time zone I'm gonna ask you to sow I'm gonna ask you to give because you, you you're, you're jar and you have oil I don't know what it is or your size but God wants to break you. You hear this before, but God really wants to break you through. I kept seeing businesses. I kept seeing homes. I, I, I kept seeing industry of, of different kinds. There's something about Botswana. What is in Botswana? What's in Botswana? There's something about Botswana. There's, there's influence that God has for you. This church is a territorial church. I heard the Lord say he's going to repair the breach. That means you're going to rebuild walls of generations. That means that you're going to be able to go into places that many churches haven't been. To people of affluence. I don't know what your, uh, we call them Hollywood actors. I don't know what your actors are like here, or what you call them here. But you're going to have, you're going to have influence, celebrities here. I see celebrities that you're going to influence here in this church. I see young people. I see, I see athletes and, and teams that you're going to influence here. You have such a rich heritage here. I see the school of business. I see that school of business, the school of Joseph. I see that with you. But I also see with you, you're, 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 you're like Daniel. You've got so much architecture in you. But I see an apostle that how God and, a, and, a, and pastor, I, I see that how God is building a network here. And I said, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you anointing these men? Do you know the honor it is to drink from such wells? I said, Lord, why are you doing this? He says, because they're not tribal locked. They're not tribal locked which means I will only help you if you become part of our tribe. You're not tribal locked. Does, does that make sense? I'm using words here I don't know. I mean, I know, but I don't know what it means to you. You're not tribal locked. Your system here, you're not tribal locked. That's what's going to, to, 
to, to that's what's going to set you apart. That's what God wants. That's, that's why I'm saying today's offering for is very, very, very key. It's so, so profound here. Because with honor comes provision. There is the substitution, I believe today, even starting today as you give. Contracts are going to be released. Who's in real estate? I see real estate. Some of you look at me like you're crazy. I am. I am crazy. But I can't help what I see. Why well, I'm a man at the altar. Whoever controls the altar controls you. I've been dead a long time ago. Tribal locked. I see key, Apostle, I see key components that God is bringing to you as a wise master builder. And they're not just from America, but they're from around the world. I believe God has tried to raise up many like you. They said no, you said yes, because they were tribal locked. You're not. I honor you for that. I thank you for that, sir. Thank you for your heart. The blessing of Obed comes upon you because you've opened your house to the presence of glory this man carries. In three months, there's going to be significant change. It's time for you to own a home. Are we ready today to seize what's rightly yours given to you by your heavenly Father? There's businesses, there's schools that God has for you. There's jars. Church, let's go get our jars. Let's go get our jars for our sons. Get your sons and go get the jars. Sons, we were talking about sons raising up businesses. Come on, let's use the oil we have. See, right now, the offering I'm asking for is not for you. I'm asking it for your sons. This offering is for your sons for their jar. It could be ministry. It could be other things. But are you ready to give this morning because God is going to release it? I've got a couple of hands. Is there anybody else willing to do so this morning? But one of the first things we must do, which you have a son that is in medicine. You have a son in medicine. I'm going to pray for him. Uh, Pastor, do we have the, the envelopes? And we're going to pray for you as you as you bring up your offering this this afternoon. We're going to, we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God for you, or believe God with you, and only declare what we have already heard. I'm saying to you that Jehovah will provide. Say it with me. Jehovah will provide. And after that offering is given, you're going to declare Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has provided. Because the ram that God has for you, he, it's there. There's new contracts for business people here that are coming. If, if you're in business, can you please stand for a moment? There's a lot of business people in here. I didn't realize that. 
there's new contracts coming to you. There's new contracts. Is, is there anyone here in television? I see something happening for you. Are you ready to give this morning, church? When, when the shift of government takes place, it's because the church has broken negotiations with the spirit of Babylon and say, we'll no longer do business with you. You now do business with God. And he's the God of gold. He's the God of frankincense and myrrh. Your life will forever change. And like I said, no matter the size of your jar this morning, no matter the size of the oil, I'm talking to you as well. Anything that you would give this morning in this season of time, this is a new shift for you. This is a new, this is a whole new time of giving. Your life will be altered by the offering at the altar this morning. Are you ready to give this morning? If we could have the worship team, if you could please come up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website at bchurch.co.za. Reformed to function. Let's be church.